0: All right, everyone, welcome back to episode 95 of Conservative Roundup. To every honored to be joined by Arnold Viersen, the MP for Peace River Restlock and longtime friend of the show. Well, thank you so much for coming back on, Arnold. It's always a pleasure to have you.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I think I was on in, what, number 10? So yes. it's, uh, it's cool to see you've been doing a whole bunch more ever since and uh, <laughs> happy to be here. I always look forward to having uh, conversations with other conservatives.
0: Definitely. Well, how's everything been with you? This might be, uh, I guess I'll go with my first question. What's new, what's new with you? What if, uh, What's kind of gone on over the past, uh, I guess, 90 or 85 episodes? We've uh, or what you've kind of been doing since then.
1: Well, uh, the big news in my personal life is that uh, we had another child. So, oh, well, uh, congrats. Claire, Claire was born on uh, September the 3rd, and so mm-hmm. we're pretty excited about that. Mm-hmm. So she's about two months old now. Uh, yeah, she's doing really well, and uh, she yeah smiles, and she's learning to make noises with her voice, so we're, we're pretty excited about that. Yeah. Um, the whole family's overjoyed to have her there. She's got two older sisters that uh, like to think that they're her mom, so uh, yeah, we're, we're having a good time, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so that's probably my personal life. Uh, we got snow up in northern Alberta. So okay. Uh, we got about 18 inches of snow, so we wow. got the snowmobile out and mm-hmm. uh, pulling the kids around on the toboggan and things like that so that's okay. been fun and uh yeah the well, the oil patch seems to be picking up again though price mm-hmm. is coming up uh the american demand for for petroleum products is going through the roof and so there's mm-hmm. a good price and uh there's a whole bunch of help wanted signs going up in northern alberta that's so good. folks looking for a job um coming to alberta we got uh looks like the oil patch is up and coming and uh I think, I think I was talking to a fellow there, he's looking for uh, like drill hands, so people mm-hmm. work on the drilling rigs. Uh, I think starting wage for there is 55 bucks an hour. So oh, wow. uh, yeah, come on, uh, get your H2S, which is your uh, <laughs> H2S ticket, your first aid, those kind uh, of, and your, maybe your forklift operator ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you got a good driver's license and you probably get a job up in Northern Alberta, like they yep. split. Yeah, definitely. Um,
0: well, I mean, well, how's the first week back? I mean, I guess you guys are on what is a day three now. I guess I mean, so, or four, yeah. day four. Sorry. I mean, how's the first week? Has been hectic, crazy. I mean, you guys are finally starting to get organized, or?
1: Yeah. So we uh, yeah we had a little bit of fun uh, with the speaker election. Uh, mm-hmm. It sounded like the uh, the liberals wanted uh, wanted uh, Ms. Mendez to be the, mm-hmm. the speaker, and we were able to finagle it so that we got. Mr. Rhoda back. He was mm-hmm. the speaker in the last Parliament, um, so that was that uh, took a little bit of strategizing on our part okay. um, to support Mr. Rhoda. Uh, yeah, he has been a good a good speaker in the last Parliament. You might remember uh, Justin Trudeau sued the House of Commons uh, to prevent us from getting access to the uh, documents, and uh, Speaker Rhoda was the one that was actually named in that. Uh, like he was the defendant in there, so. Mm-hmm. And he did, and he did defend that. So we were we were happy mm-hmm. to reward him for that mm-hmm. um, by supporting him for his in his role for uh, speaker. That was really exciting to see that. Um, and so that was kind of the big news of the first day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second day we had the speech from the throne. Uh, interestingly, I put out a press release on the speech from the throne, basically like, hey, this is the the third time they've done this same speech from the throne. <laughs> like they basically have just recycled this one mm-hmm. uh, each parliament. There's not been a lot new. Uh, so yeah, it was. Uh, the parliament looks very similar to what it did before mm-hmm. um, in terms of n- numbers, and so. But I think there are still out of 338, there are still 47 new members of parliament. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think 22 of them are new Conservative members. Really? So wow. hopefully you can get a few of them here on your show, Aiden. There.
0: Yeah, definitely. all yeah, no, we've uh, well, we got them previously when they were candidates, so hopefully now we'll get them as MPs. So kind of how's the. Uh, I mean, is it hard, kind of like now that I mean, I guess in I guess less than an hour now, I guess you guys will have the official votes on whether you want to bring back virtual parliaments or hybrid setting. Yeah. I mean, can you? I mean, can you kind of go into detail? I mean, why this is such? I mean, a bad idea. I mean, obviously, I mean, you you guys can't hold the government to accounts on a lot of things. I mean, they're gonna. I mean, just Trudeau's looking like he's gonna get propped up by by Jagmeet Singh again on his fourth day and in the first week of Parliament, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we like the. The NDP seem to be supporting this, so it sounds like we're going to go to a hybrid parliament again. Um, they have got all kinds of arguments about safety and COVID and uh, all all these things, but it seems kind of ironic that we all fly on an airplane to get here. Um, so if we can all sit on an airplane, certainly we should to be, <laughs> be able to sit in the House of Commons. Mm-hmm. If we're going to have 30,000 people set a Toronto Maple Leafs game, um, mm-hmm. surely we'd be able to... Put, put the House of Commons back together so mm-hmm. there's there is some level of the Liberals trying to avoid scrutiny uh, trying to get out of having to be here in Ottawa mm-hmm. um, yeah I, I I noticed already just having the having the House of Commons operating again um, we're starting to get some like more positive headlines mm-hmm. um, we're able to get better access to the media these yeah. kinds of things if we're not here uh, those things don't happen so mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're we're fighting against that, we'll be voting against that, but it looks like the NDP are supporting it. Uh, I know that the bloc will be voting with us uh, mm-hmm. against bringing back the virtual parliament. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, nonetheless, it's uh, uh, 177 is the magic number. And yeah. uh, it looks like between the Liberals and the NDP, they've got about 187 votes. So we so should be able to get this passed. Mm-hmm. Unless something surprising happens, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll be entering into virtual parliament again. Mm. Um, so virtual parliament, uh, it totally changes the feel of the place. Um, mm-hmm. Politics is is, a, is the interactions between people is a big part of it, and I know that I would say that the the richness of the debate, the richness of the, the parliamentary experience, the, the personalization of of the discussion, um, isn't isn't nearly as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Across Zoom as it is in in person. Yeah. So that's cool. that's, it. and uh, things are a lot easier to get done when everybody's here, right? Yeah. uh Today too, it's like we're all sitting in the house. You got to talk to somebody. You know mm-hmm. that a question period, they're going to show up in the house of Commons, so you can run over, have a chat with them, say, "Hey, this mm-hmm. this is the thing. This is the initiative I'm working on. If if you can help me over here, that um, mm-hmm. that would be great." And. You've already sent them the email, you've left them a voicemail, but yeah. they haven't responded, you can go and just, like, literally catch them there. Yeah. Right? If, if we have virtual parliament, um, particularly ministers are, are always tough to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be great to be able to just capture them there.
0: Mm-hmm. It also, like, definitely, like, even uh, I think it was yesterday I saw this clip, and it was, I mean, the NDP had no problem going across the aisle and talking to Liberal cabinet ministers yeah. and MPs face-to-face Totally breaking like the whole what you call the six meter distance rule or whatever. I mean they're so close, fine having the mask underneath their nose, within a meter of the liberals. Right. I mean, I mean that's how ridiculous it gets. I mean, I mean they're interested in propping them up again for this session. Sadly, I mean hopefully maybe we'll have ten NDP MPs break away and hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's not likely. I mean, I know there's. I mean, there's at least. Two common sense NDPers still left in the NP, from what I've seen. I mean, obviously, we're not going to know how they'll I mean, this is kind of like your guys, like a first official vote after the speakers on kind of what you guys want to have around the problem. Right? Well,
1: we already had a vote this morning. Um, oh, so okay. the, the government brought in closure. So to limit to li- limit the debate on on uh, this motion they um, to the end of the day, they brought in closure. So we had a vote this morning, uh, and the NDP supported uh, that vote on closure Mm. Um, so we do have a pretty good indication of which way they're gonna go so they all voted which is really interesting um, that they did that because they railed against Stephen Harper when Stephen Harper brought in closure they lost their mind about how undemocratic this was and all these kinds of things and Mm -hmm. an NDP government would never do something like that and yet here they are um, supporting a liberal government Bringing
0: in closure. Well, my my my, how the tables have turned, right? I mean, I mean, you. I mean, like we. I mean, I mean, look how. I mean, I I don't want to say useless Parliament was last session. i Obviously, it was useful in some ways, but I mean, it was. I mean, for the most part, over hybrid Parliament, useless in a great many ways. Right? I mean, you can't connect with other MPs face to face. You can't get things done, just like the snap of that, right? I mean. Yeah. I mean, and that's yeah. frustrating for you guys. Cause, I mean, you guys are the opposition. You guys have to hold them to account. You guys have to make sure that they show up and do their jobs.
1: mm mm-hmm. huh. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's uh, well, and like we often had thirty members in the in the chamber, and the liberals uh, would have one one member yeah. in there. Um. So that was that was something. But I I remember specifically Mark Holland from the uh, Liberals. He was the Liberal House Leader, and he he would complain about the fact that he was the only one there that we were being hard on him and he he was like you shouldn't be so hard on me because i'm the only one here and we were like well Mm -hmm. whose fault is that yeah like he had to he had to juggle all of the actions of the house of commons Mm -hmm. and be be on top of all of them um because he was the only one there and Mm -hmm. so it was there wasn't a lot of like there wasn't an ability for him to take a break and things like Mm -hmm. that so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of moving pieces to parliament and Mm uh and it's, it takes a lot of people to run all of those things, mm-hmm. so it's important that we're all there. Mm-hmm. Well, and well, and yeah. it's just the, the general, people pay more attention to the debate when they're sitting in the House of Commons than, yeah. than when they're uh, on Zoom.
0: And also, I remember uh, over on the Zoom side of Parliament, I also remember the same naked Liberal MP twice, sadly. Uh, now, that yeah. was definitely a sight to be told. Um you know, and also, I mean, I mean, that's kind of like how I mean, I mean, I'm kind of expecting that maybe it might happen again. Who knows, right? But I mean, I mean, also like you during the We Charity, right? Is I mean, you guys can hold them to account. I mean, they had was it like two Liberal MPs that showed up that didn't even have anything to do with the We Charity that couldn't face accountability. I mean, while Justin Trudeau's hiding in his little cottage having his little answers. Oh, I don't know how much I paid my family, even which the public record shows. The internet literally knows it, and he doesn't apparently. I don't know. I don't know if he's that stupid, but I mean. I mean, this is a guy that doesn't focus on mon- monetary policy, right? I mean, I mean, you guys have had a pretty successful question period over the last, uh, I guess I'd say, couple hours today, and as well going uh, yep. yesterday and this morning. I mean, so kind of how, how? I mean, how do you kind of expect the house to kind of go about something? Cause I know the liberals were going to try and bring back C ten back in real C or bring back Bill C-10 back into uh, the Parliament or the House soon. I mean, so what, I mean, what are you kind of expecting over the next couple of months to kind of happen or, 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 or what do you expect to happen?
1: Yeah, so the, the Liberals have their throne speech out, laid out kind of their plan again. So rehash a, a number of these Bill C-10, Bill C-6, uh, Bill uh, bringing in a bubble zone around the, the hospitals for protest. These are some of the things that they're, they've said that they're going to be working on, um, and so yeah, we're uh, we're getting ready to to battle those those issues. Um, yeah, so the, the, a lot of the things that were on the docket from the last parliament, we'll see them regurgitated now, um, perhaps in slightly different form, but um, most of the fights that we were um, carrying on in the last parliament will have to restart here. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things is the committees have not been reconstituted, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, calling, calling par, or like disbarring parliament, having an election has caused all the committee work to, to fall off the chart, all those bills to fall off the chart. Mm-hmm. So now we're restarting. The, the lack of committees uh, allows the government to operate a little bit with impunity for over the next little while because there, we won't be able to scrutinize them. We won't be able to call ministers to the committees. We won't be able to say, ask for documents through committees and these kinds of things. So, mm-hmm we already had a couple of points of order right off the go around the around the court case saying like hey um, we were demanding these documents what happened to these these documents around you, you might remember that from the last parliament where we were mm-hmm. asking for documents around the kind of suspicious um, firing of people that were working at our virology lab over mm-hmm. in uh, Winnipeg uh, yeah. for, so for some reason the government definitely wants us to not see those documents until so they sue actually like filed a court case against the house of commons to prevent those from going forward Mm -hmm. so um there must be something there for sure yeah and so we we've asked for that to be restarted but uh, there's some speculation that we may have to wait till committees Mm -hmm. um, to come back so we can then again ask for those documents Mm. um outright yeah. so it
0: also it's yeah. one of the first things that you I guess Eric you tools know, kind of pressed hard on is is raising the point is raising the point of privilege around the house vaccine mandate as well right yeah I mean I know we kind of saw that within the first I right mean, now kind of the uh, I guess the liberal I guess you said as you mentioned earlier mark Collins kind of challenging the conservatives exemptions and their vaccine cards and he wants to dive well deep into everyone's personal medical histories right I mean I mean I don't think that I mean, obviously, as a, I mean, as a liberal, I wouldn't want him looking into my medical history, but also as another person, I wouldn't want him looking into my medical history. I mean, I mean, how do you kind of think that the house should pr- proceed? I mean, a lot of, I mean, a lot of what uh, your work and the conservatives are kind of pushing for is rapid testing. I mean, that's a lot more reliable than having a than having a card, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've been we've been like opposed to um, the mandatory vaccines uh, and the disclosure of private health information in order to access society. Um, we don't think anybody should uh, have to get the jab in order to keep their job. And that uh, that goes for everybody across Canada. Now, at the federal level, we don't have a lot of jurisdiction, So we deal with the RCMP, we deal with Canadian border service agents, we deal with prisoners, uh, prison guards, and we deal with uh, the public sector. So CRA um, immigration, uh, all of these centers that people work in and then like people that work in the House of Commons and staff yeah. uh, around here. So uh, so it's not a large number of people from across the country but nonetheless um, we've had uh, RCMP officers being put on leave because they've refused to get vaccinated um, mm. a number of things and in a free and democratic society we shouldn't that shouldn't be a requirement um, uh, your medical status shouldn't be a requirement for your job. Mm. Uh, these are long-standing traditions long-standing legal frameworks around this Um, most of the unions across the country are opposed to this Mm -hmm. and so we've been saying that now um, to defend that um, we've also uh, the Conservative Party hasn't been demanding to know our vaccine status and Mm -hmm. um, the House of Commons has had a a vaccine mandate or medical exemption so Mm -hmm. at this point uh all the conservative members have uh have either a medical exemption or 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 been vaccinated we're all like, capable of gaining access to the house of commons mm-hmm. and to some degree that has really made um, mark holland very upset because um while they were accusing us of not being vaccinated and things like that the fact that we all showed up on the day <laughs> of yeah. uh, means that we are either vaccinated or have a medical exemption mm-hmm. and they were hoping to say well look at all these conservatives they're not vaccinated and things like that but mm-hmm. the reality is is that we've we are either vaccinated or mm-hmm. or have a medical exemption which was the rules that they set in place mm-hmm. and so now they're trying now they want to know how many of us have a medical exemption well again that's the like clear violation of, of medical privacy that's not um, why people have medical exemptions mm-hmm. uh, Is not a uh, up for scrutiny by mark holland or or anybody else mm-hmm. so there's so that's kind of our defense on all, on all of this is like hey um medical privacy is a thing in canada mm-hmm. and uh you shouldn't have to get the job in order to keep your job
0: mm-hmm. yeah no i mean yeah i mean it's a busy, i mean it's been a crazy week for you guys i mean uh, just yesterday i mean you had uh i guess the deputy house leader michael barrett head into uh, caucus and you kind of have the media outside saying he was lying and all that stuff and also as well right i mean also that something that you're very invested into is child pornography traffic and child trafficking and et cetera. Right now also as well. I mean, yep. well, I mean, what's kind of your reaction hearing that there, that there's sexual allegations on the, uh, on the Hill with, I mean, going into this session, I mean, this is something that uh, Mr. Barrett has raised uh concern to you, I mean, in the house, I mean, I mean, like how, how do you feel about this? I mean, knowing this is somewhere that you work and, and are most, uh, most of your time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I would just say that the liberal, party has had a fraught relationship with uh, the sexual assault allegations um, starting right at the top right with uh, with the situation in, in Courtney BC there um, with the Prime Minister uh, and he said well she experienced it differently like that that's how they handled that one um, now we have Canada they had a candidate or they had a member of Parliament um, of which allegations were brought forward and Mark Holland uh, being the house leader at the time, or, or the party whip at the time, would have been the one responsible for handling that entire case. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until the election came around that they, that when the information came out, that they turfed turfed him as a candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so during the election, it seemed uh, like it was we ha- they had to do something about it. But why why didn't they do something about it at the time when it was brought forward? And Mark Holland was complicit in that Mark Holland was the guy responsible for this. And Mm -hmm. so the party, when the party was responsible for it, um, they turfed the guy, but when Mark Holland was responsible for it, uh, somehow it wasn't, wasn't as big of an issue. And, and he kept his job and and there was, we never heard about it. Those kinds of things. So that's, uh, yeah, Mark Holland has some answers to be given around what, how complicit is he in the the handling Mm -hmm. of these allegations? Um, Around a liberal member of parliament.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I mean, like this is like like something serious. I mean, Justin Trudeau. I mean, he doesn't take issues seriously. I mean, you you guys have seen that in the House virtually, in person, yada yada yada, right? I mean, like on the campaign trail. I mean, I mean, this guy doesn't take things seriously at all. I mean, he thinks that everything's a joke since he's a drama teacher. Everything's a joke or a play or an act. I mean, I mean, he doesn't take anything seriously, right? He doesn't take his ethical violations seriously. I mean, what does he pay? Like his two hundred fifty dollars to him? That's like a quarter, right? I mean, to Canadians, I mean, that's like a very serious money. I mean, his his um, finance minister had to resign, so he broke the Ethics Act a couple times as well. I mean, going into the new session, I mean, I am pers- I mean, I personally think that there will be another ethics violation. I mean, we've seen maybe two to three every single session. I mean, something that we're going to also press for again with Speaker Rada is, um, is the Winnipeg Lab incident. To so see, have those documents unsealed, maybe we'll be successful this time, maybe they'll... Be unsealed. I don't know, who knows, maybe next week, right? We'll, uh, we'll see how this court case goes with uh, with Mr. Rod and Mr. Trudeau. Now, yeah, also as well, I mean, just uh, earlier this week, uh, climate activist guru David Suzuki said that uh, that people should kind of, and I'm paraphrasing of course, kind of go up and kind of take action against the Alberta's pipeline, oil oil and gas sectors again, right? I mean, I mean he's literally inside violence. I mean, I, I look at it and I see I mean, we're starting to see what happened. A repeat in twenty nineteen, we see the wet, Western blockades happen again. I mean, although this time, they're actually people are actually getting arrested, not handed money or allowed to stay on the tracks this time, right? Now, yeah. I mean, what do you kind of think about how about his comments and how this kind of affects what's I mean, could happen or would happen going into I don't know, say twenty four hours, a week from now, a month, whatever, uh, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it like, so. I, I would kind of, I would call. Called David Suzuki a climate activist, I would call him a climate hypocrite, Um, the the way that he lives his life uh, is extremely carbon intensive, like if Mm -hmm. he's so concerned about carbon, you would think that uh, he would reduce his carbon footprint, but that's not what he's interested (laughs) in, he's interested in lecturing the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. He kind of like a mobster, he he threatened the pipelines, he said, nice, nice little pipeline you got there, it'd be a shame if something happened to it, you know. that's kind of the incitement to violence that uh it was a veiled threat um Mm -hmm. to to canada um we are a country based on the rule of law um these pipelines have got their uh approval um they've been uh signed off on by the by all of the first nations in the area Mm -hmm. it is uh is a bunch of uh eco-activists eco-terrorists that are stealing excavators and blocking roads and Holding 500 uh, pipeline workers ransom in northern in Northern British Columbia, um, uh-huh. and this is not how Canada works. If yeah. uh, uh, if these pro- pro- projects have been um, duly consulted, duly approved, uh, they should get built. And mm-hmm. the, the irony is, is that the uh, First Nations in Northern Alberta, and Northern BC are some of the people that are most in favor of these projects because it brings wealth and prosperity to their communities. It mm-hmm. provides jobs for them. It allows them to participate in the Canadian economy. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's really the, the most frustrating part about it is how um, actual community members that live in Northern BC, are jobs are being put at risk by a, a bunch of activists from around the world that show up in Northern BC to to protest this pipeline.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I guess it's also serious, right? I mean, those pipelines go through your riding. They go through Shannon Stubbs' riding. They go through Chris Workington's riding. I mean, I mean, I mean, this is very serious. I mean, look at 2019, man. I mean, you you look at I mean, all these people sitting on the blockades, thinking that I mean that they have the right to blockade trains, holds the oil and gas sector and the economy hostage. Not this time. Not this time. They're actually getting arrested off the tracks. Thank God. No, no. I'm actually. It's it's actually. Well, I always like to see people that are doing illegal activities put away or, or done something about. We didn't see that in 2019. Maybe we saw that months later. But I mean, but that was distracted by COVID, in the, uh, the first month of the pandemic, right? I mean, like also as well. I mean, we, we've seen also in the last year is the attack on the oil and gas sector by the Trudeau government. I mean, possibly we could see another, maybe another couple bills this session introduced that will limits or or put well, i mean he i mean Justin trudeau at uh, glasgow uh, C- cop 26 announced that he, he's going to put a uh, cap on the oil and gas emissions and you're riding in alberta and, and in canada right i mean how do you kind of feel now that i mean okay well i mean it's kind of different right Cause, i mean you can sit across from so it must be like if you're in, like looking at him right like you know, just like like say something i have like your oil and gas pin on i mean you might get thrown out of the house uh maybe like a couple other members last session but uh i mean i mean how does that kind of play into everything right
1: yeah so it it's like a clear threat to alberta and alberta's opportunities for prosperity when the prime minister is saying we're going to cap the emissions uh, we asked him well are you going to cap the emissions of every other industry are you going to cap the emissions of the foreign oil uh coming into canada mm-hmm. uh, canada imports about 10 billion dollars of oil from places like Saudi Arabia, Algeria, Venezuela—bastions um, of democracy—and uh, by that I mean not. Um, so that's uh, like the people that are that are going to be producing the oil that that Canada doesn't produce—they're um, not going to care one mi- one minute about the environment and what their economic impact is or what their democratic country looks like. They're going to just keep selling the oil, mm-hmm. and that's that's a big frustration. It's incredibly frustrating when. Uh, Joe Biden is saying, oh, we're going to, like, open up the reserves uh, yeah. in the United States to reduce the, the fuel price in the mm-hmm. United States. Well, first of all, the reserves are, like, less than 1% of the, the usage in the United States. Mm-hmm. And secondly, we have a pipeline that's sitting there pretty much ready to go called Keystone XL, which would mm-hmm. deliver 500 barrels, 500,000 barrels a day um, that he vetoed.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at the clip of his, of his energy secretary the other day. I asked about the Keystone XL pipeline if they'll restart it. Yeah. Because actually, a Democrat senator asked to have the have the pipeline restarted, and her, her yeah. kind of answer, she, I mean, she just laughed like Kamala Harris does all the time when asked a serious question. And uh, I, I mean, I mean, that's kind of the the exact same thing reaction you'd think you'd get from Justin Trudeau. I mean, when Keystone XL was was previously getting closed down, or sorry, in line, in line five, sorry. Um, yeah. he kind of didn't really do anything. He, he's oh yeah, we'll look into it. I'll see what we can do. No, pro- I can't hold any promises. It's a campaign promise. Nothing we can do up here. I mean, I mean that's kind of the well, reaction you get. And right.
1: it's the like the ongoing issue that uh, for for all the political alignment we assumed that Justin Trudeau had with the Biden administration, mm-hmm. it sure worked out terribly for us to this point. We've mm-hmm. had keys like Justin Trudeau obviously is not advocating on behalf of Canadians, like we've got uh, softwood lumber who have just doubled the tariffs, to, to mm-hmm. had their tariffs doubled today by the United States. We've mm-hmm. uh, banned the shipment of our potatoes to the United States proactively. Like, it's not even, the United States isn't even asking us to do this and we're banning our own exports of potatoes. And then mm-hmm. we got Keystone XL where the where Joe Biden is, is begging OPEC to increase shipments to, to the United States to lower oil price. Mm-hmm. and And they're there, here we are with a pipeline that would deliver about the amount of oil that the United States needs in the short term but with Keystone XL and uh, and that, that just seems to be like the solutions are sitting right here in front of us they're obvious mm-hmm. to everybody and yet Justin Trudeau can't seem to pick up the phone and, and suggest to Mr. Mr. Biden that hey you know what we got this pipeline um, I, I know that perhaps um, it's not ideologically aligned with, with both you or me but we could get it done in, in much the same way that uh, Conservative conservative governments across the country have have taken on the challenge of COVID, um, even despite despite having foibles about some of the things that they're they have been doing. Um, they they've done them um, because of the perceived risk of of COVID. Yeah. Right. So that's that's a reality. Is that like Mr. Trudeau? Uh, I know you don't like oil and gas, and I know uh, you want to shut the whole works down. But reality is reality. Uh, the world needs needs oil. The world needs oil and gas, and what better place in the world to source it from than Canada, mm-hmm. um, a democratic place with the most ethical production of oil in the world.
0: Definitely. All right. So I ask question Farrell. So I ask every MP this: What's one fa- fun fact about you that nobody probably else knows about, other than you?
1: Ooh, I don't know. That's a that's a good one. Well, uh, one fun fact is is I have a hundred first cousins. So. Wow. Yeah, I come oh. from a large family, uh, they, uh, so it's lots of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Christmas dinner, we uh, we rent the hockey rink. And, okay, uh, everybody gets together, so it's uh, yeah. I come oh. from a big family.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. Um,
1: I think most people have an idea that I come from a big family, but mm-hmm. uh, the hundred first cousins is kind of my fun. Family. Is that is that
0: kind of like problem, right? Kind of all the hundred, uh, I guess it was a hundred nineteen brothers and sisters sitting together, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I mean, a little bit different comparison, but yeah, well, uh, well, I know you have to get going here, but I'd I'll, 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 I'll like to thank you uh, so much for coming on today. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show, and uh, well, I wish you best in the house this session, and hopefully we'll
1: see you again soon. All right, Aiden, uh, always a pleasure, and uh, good luck with your podcast. Perfect.
0: That was Arnold Viersen, the MP for Peace River Westlock. Please make sure to follow along with his work. And if you like this interview, also please make sure to like and subscribe and to tune in on the
1: next episode of Conservative Roundup.